All right, praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for an opportunity to gather this evening. We ask and we say, we have much insight into your word. We ask and we say, by the reason of this teaching, everyone's heart of understanding, everyone's eyes of understanding is enlightened. Everyone can listen and effectively understand your leading, that there is no confusion, there is no mistakes in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Yesterday, we started um, the leading of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit. And we said the subject of the leading of the Spirit or the guidance, uh, leading and guidance is a very essential and fundamental truth in the scripture. And if we get it wrong on God's leading, um, we might get it wrong. To in in following his plans and following his purpose for our lives, uh, or will be open to only come by it by chance. And we started with Matthew twenty eight. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew twenty eight. Matthew twenty eight. Matthew twenty eight. Matthew twenty eight. Matthew twenty eight verse eighteen to twenty. Matthew twenty eight verse eighteen to twenty. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It says, Go ye therefore, teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to do whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the world. Now, this was Jesus giving his disciples an instruction. The instruction is, that now you have received the gospel, now you've learned something, go and in turn teach people. So discipleship is bedded on, on the bedrock of teaching. So you don't assume people know things. You don't assume when you're training people, when you're teaching people, especially many, especially the fundamentals of the faith, especially things related to their spiritual life, not even especially, everything related to their spiritual growth needs to be taught even as as easy as go and pray is you still need to teach people how do you pray why do you pray what is the essence of prayer some people don't still even understand what tongues means you ask them you explain to them what does tongues means what does interpretation of tongues means what does everything means it's just like saying go and read the bible you can't just tell somebody who just got about born again go and read the bible you need to help the person and teach the person how do you read this is how you read you need to break it and explain how to read your bible in a simple way What is the exact way? How do you how do you undo the approach of the scriptures? What is the aminoctis behind this? So everything needs to be taught. Even a subject, and I shared with you a story of a prophet I'd watch on TV, and they were asking the prophet, a pastor was asking the prophet. <coughs> sorry about that. The pastor was asking the acclaimed prophet, How do you prophesy? How do you how do you prophesy? How do you Teach us this thing. How do you how do you give words of knowledge and words of wisdom? How do you and the prophet could not explain? The prophet just said he's inborn, he's inbuilt. That is just part of me. It's just because I am this and that, because I was born to be a prophet. That is why I am doing this works of um, prophecy like that. Because I was born to be a prophet, because I was born to understand 
prophecy. That is why I'm prophesying. The pastor said, this is intimidation. You need to teach us. What do you do? Till the, I deliberately watched that video. It was on Facebook. I watched that video to the end. The pastor, the prophet, didn't give us the explanation of how to prophesy or how to give words of wisdom. He just kept saying, it is inborn. It is inbuilt. He never could reasonably explain from the scriptures or teach people how to do the same thing. So, as believers, we don't walk by that way. We teach everything. We explain. Even as crucial as the subject of God's leading and guidance is, it has to still be taught. How do you hear God? How do you... On the truth is this, every one of you listening to me, many of you hear 10 voices. I can tell you that some people hear like five. They just say, ah, don't do this and that. Oh, I'm confused about this. <coughs> Sorry about that. I'm confused about this. I'm confused about that. What's going on? This and that and that and that. Everybody just have just that own voice. Many people cannot single-handedly differentiate and say, this is God speaking to me. This is him. This is this is this is God's word to me. This is God leading me. This is God guiding me. And you try and listen, man. I, and we said we studied James, John 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. And we said, And Jesus came on them, saying to them, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That is, a man who has believed the gospel today does not walk in darkness. He has the light of life. And I explained to you yesterday, I made you understand, I said, direction is a crucial part of human existence. Direction is very crucial. At certain times in our lives, we will need to make decisions, which will include the work of ministry, choices of our spouse, change of location, work, business, local church, choices of our educational institutions, many of those things. And I told you, I said, the fear of not making the wrong decisions has driven many into indulging in erroneous or fatal practices. And some just live their life. And I explained to you, some just live their life that it is what it is. Inshallah vibes. That is, people just start living their life. Anything that comes, what will be, will be. Q Sarah Sarah. Inshallah vibes. Who as it be. Um, let's, it, let's just see. Let's just put our hands in this thing. God, God will just control us. This, no, no, no. No. We as be as believers, we have left that path of confusion. We have left the path of darkness. James John 8 12 says, Then Jesus speaks to them, he says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So a believer today who has believed the gospel upon the resurrection, upon salvation does not walk in darkness anymore. He now has the light of life. And the light of life means, and I explained to you that light means illumination. It means direction. It means we are born. He dwelt with direction. And I explained to you, I said, we don't pray for direction, but rather we, it's, we don't pray for direction. Direction is ours. We only pray to know it. So that is the essence of Philemon 1 verse 6 where it says that the communication of thy faith becomes effectual out by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So our role is to take note of it 
Our role is to understand and recognize the leading that is leading us in and through us and is working in the same. And let me give you a simple trick. I asked you a question yesterday. Where does God live? You said God lives in you. Every one of us, God lives in you. You are the temple of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it says we are, our spirit is one with the Lord. He that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. So there is a union. So God lead us from within. God lead us from God is in all, so we are not looking, we don't have to, we'll get to that aspect actually though. So, but we don't have to actually look for something spectacular and something wicked or something like my son. And I shared my experience with you guys yesterday and I said, you don't have to look for my son, my son. Now go and do this. No, that's not how God will talk. God will lead you from because he is your and don't forget he is your father you are his son he leads you because you are his son and i explained to you i said it's leading most times don't have to be so good don't have to be hot and rosy don't have to be everything and i was telling you i said learn sound doctrine the reason why i would teach a lot is so that you don't go and say god is using bad experiences to teach you a lesson you don't go and say um maybe Maybe it's, maybe you lost your job or something happens to you. And I say, I think God is just trying to teach me a lesson. No, God will not use evil things to teach his people his lesson. No, he will not use sickness to teach you a lesson. <laughs> he will not use disease, sickness, bad afflictions to teach you anything. No, now... So now there's a twist to this. Don't go and now think that God is behind every evil thing. No, God is not behind every evil thing. He is the devil that is behind every evil thing. Chances and occurrences, situations of life might be behind everything. You might be sacked from your job. Probably you did something wrong. It is as a result of choice. It's not the devil. You did. It is not God that that is involved. It was just probably you did something wrong, and the, the resultant effect of what you did wrong was that they fired you from your job. That that's just how it be. That's just how it goes. But listen, God does not lead you through bad experiences. He doesn't lead you through um through sicknesses. He doesn't lead you through um pains it doesn't lead you to all of those things but listen challenges and situations of life can happen to toughen you it can happen to you to strengthen you as human but not that god is trying to lead you or show you or say this is how you sorry this is you should have learned this lesson no 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 god will not do that and i explained to us yesterday i said you know, direction is simple. We're born with direction. We left the path of confusion. And we are now walking in the light of God's direction. So, our roles, we are not called, and I explained to you, we are not called to improve or imp- to prove or impress him. But we're called to follow his leading. Every one of us, we are inborn to follow his leading. And I explained to you, many of the mistakes you will make or you have ever made or you will still make in future might be as a result of you not understanding God's leading. That is why this subject is very crucial in life. This subject is crucial. It will guide you both in the material things, in the choices of the spouse you will choose. Some of you will start having proposal of five partners. You will not be wondering, who should I pick? 
God's leading is involved. Where should I move to? God's leading is involved. What job should I pick? Is it about the job that wants to pay me well? Or because God wants me to do one type of job? You know, some people can get an enticing offer for a job. And that job will take away their attention and their focus from ministry. And they will not... And they will not be serving Jesus as they ought to anymore. Then you'll not be wondering. But I'm getting money. You not excuse everything away. But I'm I'm getting money. Things are working out. This and that. No. Is God really wanting you to do that? So many of those crucial decisions we'll make in life needs to be handled while following and recognizing God's leading. This is a series I will recommend that you don't stop listening to. And don't listen. Let me explain to you. Ensure, this is an instruction. You can put this down. Ensure you don't listen to the subject of the leading of the Spirit when you are having an emergency. Listen to what I'm saying. Like what I'm saying is this. When you are now trying to make a crucial decision, don't now go and start listening to, oh, okay, let me go and listen to the leading of the Spirit so I can get to know. No, make it a constant practice to always feed your mind with teachings of God's leading. You know, like the tra- we started yesterday, today we'll, we'll continue and everything. Ensure, even to the rest of it, ensure you have them on your phone, listing occasionally. Don't listen to the leading of God's spirit teaching as an emergency track. As an emergency series to quick to listen to as as a quick response to your faith. You know, you you know, you have to be some a believer that is always on the edge. Always on the edge in the sense of you are always wanting to follow the promptings of God's Spirit. Listen, God will lead you, but it will not be smooth. I have an issue with people always thinking that when God leads them, everything is going to be all rosy. Everything is going to be all, all comfortable. <laughs> no. See, God can lead you. Listen to me. God can lead you and the outcome of it might not be super sweet. God can lead you and the outcome of it might not be so good in the natural as you think. But listen, he's your father. He knows best for you and he knows why he puts you in that scenario. Some situations can happen in that place, but it's just basically... God wants you to be there. It's just like saying, now, it's just like saying, let's use the natural example now. It's just like saying, you have to go to school, right? Some of you have to study the course you need to study. Some of you are studying the course you need to study. Not because, some some of you, most of the end goal is, some of you, you see that one, passion, two, because you want to get the money. That's not bad, actually. So, Either of the two, you're studying your course. And we are giving an example now in the natural. You're studying your course because of that. You know, you are going to spend four years, five years, six years, seven years, eight years before you achieve that course or before you achieve that degree. Now, the process of that four years and when you get your degree, you're now smiling and everything. You know, it's not easy, right? You know, it didn't come. It didn't start that easy. Was it that? Oh, you were not meant to be there. You were actually meant to be there. You went to school. You went to study. But there was assignments. There was um, 
there was late night sleeping you have to read sometimes you even fail you pick up you study again you keep going because you know that you want to get a degree that is how it is somehow for the leading of god's spirit god can lead you to say go in this direction the journey in that direction might not be 100 percent smooth but listen at the end of the day you will know that i thank god i obeyed god you'll be like i thank god i obeyed god You'll be like, I thank God I will be. There is just that thing that will be a calmness and a peace in your heart. And I told you yesterday, I said, when you are not following God's spirit, do you know that you will know? Do you will know when you make a mistake or you, are, or you have made a mistake, there is that check in your heart that will have told you, you know. Many of times we ignore it. We say, okay, we give it an excuse. We do many things to cover it up. But listen, listen. You will pick it up again. And I trust God that the reason for this series, many of us will pick back those promptings of God in our hearts. Many of us will be stirred up again to obey God. Obedience in this, the proof of obedience is obedience in itself, not comfort, not something. But the proof is just like saying, let me use in you as an example. It's just like saying, in you, I'm giving you an instruction, um, do this and do that, or take this money. And go and buy me something. The proof that you obeyed is not in the essence that you buy me something. It's in the fact that you obeyed what I said. That is actually how it is for the leading of God's spirit. The proof of obedience is in the obedience in itself. The fact that, oh, God told you, just follow this direction and you just obeyed. That proof is in the proof of it or the, the result or the or the, let me say, the goal of it is that you obeyed God. That is it. So don't always go for the spectacular that God will lead me and everything is just going to be super sweet. Everything, no, the journey might not always be super sweet. But you will have peace of mind. You will have that unending joy within. That, oh, I know I obeyed God. That is how it is. So, let's move forward. On the subject of God's leading, it's, 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 it's just... It's just very fundamental to understand that the written word, the written word guides us in all forms of God's leading. The written word is very subjective. It is our primary way to follow God's leading. The written word. As a believer, you need to understand and follow the written word. Why do we lay much emphasis here in this ministry and everything? Why do we lay much emphasis on strong Bible and its interpretation? I remember a quote that helps me. If our practice or if our knowledge of God's word is wrong, our application, our practice will ultimately be wrong or our worship of God will be wrong. So imagine we understand God in the written word well we will understand how to follow his leading so the written word is very fundamental the written word explains we need to understand and explain what is the written word how do we follow the leading of the spirit the forget of following the leading of the spirit has to be based on the written word one of the major essence is based on the written word what and who is the written word what and who is the written word? What and who is the written word? John gave us a lead. Look at John 1. I want you to open to John 1, verse 1 to 14. John 1, verse 1 to 14. John gave us a lead. John 1, verse 1 to 14. John 1, verse 1 to 14. 
John 1 verse 1 to 14. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life, and the light was the light of men. And light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Verse 7. The same bear witness with the light, and that all men through him might believe. Verse 8. It was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was not was made by him, and the world knew him not. And he came not to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the world was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we bear those glory, the glory of us, the holy begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You will notice that John emphasized on the word, who was the who was the beginning with God, and the word was God. Now the word, the, the term word, W-O-R-D now, where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, is from the Greek word called logos. Logos. The word word is from the Greek word called logos. It implies an idea. A thought pattern, an explanation, a summation. The word word, oh, yeah, the word word, W-O-R-D, is from the Greek word called logos, L-O-G-O-S, which implies an idea, a thought pattern, an explanation, a summation. Don't forget, how do we follow the leading of God's Spirit? By understanding the written word. The written word is fundamental. It's a primary way. We need to lay very key explanation in understanding the written word in details. So that's why we are going. And I said the read the word it is means an idea, a thought pattern, an explanation, a summation. And we said you see in, in verse three and four where it says all things were made by him. And within not all things that were made in him was life, and the life was the light to men. So you see that John changed the pronoun from the word to him. In him, in verse one and two, he was explaining. He was saying word. In verse three and four, he was saying in him. He changed the pronoun. That's to explain that that word is somebody and is a person. That is the logos of God or the word of God is a person, and that person is Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is the written word, is the word of God. So when we are saying the word, is the logos, that is an idea, a thought pattern. So Christ is the thought pattern of God. Christ is the explanation of God. Christ is the summation of God. So when we say the written word, we are saying Christ is the... So when we say in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him. Remember, John did not use the word anymore. He says, all things were made by him. So that says to tell you, that word is a person, and that person is the person Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the logos of God. Jesus is the word of God. That is the thought pattern, the explanation, the summation. And why did they, why did John refer to him as the word? Verse 6. 
Don't forget, we have to read in context why the John referred to Jesus as the word. Verse 6, in that same John, he says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. So John the Baptist, or it was a prophet just like every other person, testified that he bore witness to the light. He bore witness. That is, he, there was a man sent for God whose name was John, and that one bore witness to the light. So he testified that Jesus was the light. Jesus was the, that is why in Luke 24, verse 25, Jesus told them, he said, O fool, slow of heart to believe, all that the prophet has spoken, ought not Christ to laugh, ought not Christ to laugh, said these things and to enter into his glory. In John 5, verse 39, he said the same. He said almost the same. He said, search the scriptures for in them. You think you have eternal life, for they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me, and you will not come to me, that ye may have eternal life. So, you see that Jesus is the word of God. You see in 2 Timothy 3, 15, And as from a child, that was known the holy scriptures, which is able to make ye the wise which is making to make the wise unto salvation through faith which is in christ jesus then it now said in verse 16 all scriptures were given by the inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof or correction for right instruction and in righteousness you will see again in first peter 1 verse 10 first peter 1 verse 10 to 11 it says of which salvation i'm saying all of these things because i'm sure you know them you are accustomed with them that's why i'm getting fast with all of these things in first peter 1 verse 1 to 10 it says of which salvation the prophet has inquired diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you searching what or what manner of spirit or what manner of time the spirit of christ which in them did signify which it testified beforehand the sufferings of christ and the glory that should follow you see in second peter 1 verse 20 second peter 1 20 to 21 second peter 1 20 to 21 it says knowing this first that no prophecy of the scriptures is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not at no time by the will of men but only men of the world spoke as they were moved by the holy ghost you receive hebrews 1 verse 1 hebrews 1 verse 1 and 2 hebrews 1 verse 1 and 2 it says god who at sundry times and of diverse manners spake in time past to the fathers and the prophets and it's then this last day spoken to us and has appointed all things by whom he made the world whom through the brightness of this glory and the express image of this person upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down at his right hand on the majesty on the high you see in romans 1 verse 2 and 3 same thing romans 1 verse 1 to 3 same thing was there that's to explain to you that john just like every other prophet testified and bore witness of the light so he is not one of the prophets neither is he he is just a messenger neither is he just a messenger he is the message of the prophet when we say jesus is the explanation of the scriptures jesus is the thought pattern jesus is the summation we are saying jesus is not a prophet jesus that is where the that is where some religions missed it jesus is not a prophet neither is jesus a messenger jesus is not a messenger he did not come and bear a message rather he is the message he is the very essence of the scriptures 
all the prophets spoke concerning him he is the thought pattern he is the idea he is the summation of god that became a man let me explain that to you so it's just like saying look at in john 1 verse 14 to 16 john 1 verse 14 to 16 don't get it twisted we are still stopping the the leading of the spirit how believers are being led by the spirit we have to understand how we are being led by the spirit everything can be taught when you see someone tell you oh these things i can't teach you it's for special people run away just know it's not of god everything that is of god can be taught as simple as let's pray is you can teach somebody let's pray how to pray as simple as open your bible and study you can teach someone how to open their bible and study the bible you can teach it. See, listen, don't let anyone deceive you. So when you see, when the subject of God's leading is there, don't let people just say, hey, hey, you know, there's always 10 voices speaking to you. Just follow your intuition. Follow your intuition. I'm not saying you should not follow your intuition. So. But you see, there's still such a thing as God leading you. There's still such a thing as God leading you. There's still such a thing as I am being led by God. That is, I we don't walk in confusion. We don't walk in confusion. We don't walk in confusion. I need you to say that much often to yourself that we don't walk in confusion. We don't walk in confusion. I don't walk in confusion. I am being led by the Spirit of God. I don't make mistakes. I don't make costly mistakes. I am being led by the Spirit of God. So let's continue. You see in John 1 verse 14 to 16, John 1 verse 14 to 16, John 1 verse 14 to 16, it says, And the Word was made flesh, and it dwelt among us, and will bear this glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried, saying, This is whom I have spoken, who I speak, that he come after me, which is prepared before me, that he was before me, the fullness I will receive grace for grace. So when we say the word, that word, D-W-O-R-D, that is in John 1 verse 1, when it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. That word, word, don't forget, is from the Greek word called logos. It means thought pattern, an idea, a summation, that is a summary, an explanation. So Jesus is the explanation of God. Jesus is that thought pattern of God. If you want to see God's thinking thoughts, look at Jesus. You want to see how does God think? What's the summary of God? How do I understand God? Look at Jesus. How do I explain God? Look at Jesus. What is the idea of God? Look at Jesus. Jesus is that thought pattern. Jesus is that explanation. Jesus is that summary. So you want to explain God well to people. Explain and look at Jesus. You will be able to explain the Father revealed. So Jesus was the, the word became man. That is, and it says, and of his fullness I will receive grace for grace. The word became a man. God became a man. The thought pattern, the summation, the explanation. Don't forget, he is not, Jesus is not a prophet. He is not one of the prophets. He is not a messenger. Rather, 
is the message of the prophets. All the prophets spoke concerning him. All the prophets were the prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Moses, David, Obadiah, Malachi, everyone in the scriptures, they spoke concerning him. So he is not one of them because they spoke concerning him. Rather, he is the message they spoke about. He is the summary. He is the explanation. He is the thought pattern of the message they spoke about. So you want to understand who God is. You want to understand who God really is. Look at Jesus. He is fully explained in the person and as a man. He is fully explained like that. Don't forget, look at him. Look at what he said in in. in he says in John came to he says, Have we received? He says the word was made flesh. Look at John 1 14. He says the word was made flesh. Look at the phrase was made. Was made was from the Greek word ginomai. Ginomai. G-I-N-O-M-A-I. G-I-N-O-M-A-I. We are looking at John 1 14. Now the word was made flesh. Was made was translated from the Greek word ginomai, G-I-N-O-M-A-I. It implies to become. That is, it is a change of status, an act of one's will. Remember when I was teaching on Revelation gift earlier this year, I explained to you that it's, it's just like saying, and John was the spirit of the lost day, ginomai is switch positions. That is, it is a change, that is to become a status of change, a change of status. And it's an act of God's will. So when we say the world was made flesh, we can say, okay, we'll get there. Let's let's build up. Let's build up. Let's build up. Look at in Romans 1 3. Romans 1 3 and 4. Romans 1 3 and 4. Romans 1 3 and 4. Let's see where it was used. Let's see where it was used. Romans 1 3 and 4. Concerning the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. He used, so you see, he used Ginomai also in this place. In, he used Ginomai also to talk about Jesus' um, obedience to humanity and his, Jesus' obedience and his humanity. You will see it in um, Philippians 2 verse 6. Philippians 2 verse 6 to to eight, where he says, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Where he says, he, he will see in verse seven, where he says, he was made in the likeness of men. Philippians two verse six to eight, it was made in the likeness of men. So you see, it was an act of will. Everything. Look at Galatians four. Paul still used the same word in Galatians four. Ginomai. Galatians four verse four. Galatians four verse four. Galatians four verse four. Ginomai. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman, made under the law. The word ginomai again, made under the law, was made under the law. So you will see, John also used it. So John used it, Paul used that thing to explain Jesus' pre-existence and his descent into humanity. That is Jesus pre-existent and his descent into humanity. That is why in John 1 verse 15 to 17, it says, John came to bear witness of that. He cometh after me for he before me. And he says, of him have we received grace for grace and everything. So you see, 
you will see that Jesus, don't forget, is the exact revelation of the Father. And look at the word and. Don't forget the word and where it says, um, for, for by uh, the law was given by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus in John 1 verse 17. John 1 verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. The word and is from the Greek word kai, which we mean a conjunctive and an explanatory word. So it's just like saying that is. So when it says grace and truth, it's just like saying in context that is, um, an explanation of grace. An explanation of grace can be grace that is truth. The explanation of grace can be truth or which is truth. So when it says, for the law came by Moses, it's very conjunctive and explanatory. When it says the law came by Moses, it says, but grace which is truth came by Jesus Christ. So in other words, God did not give the law. Moses gave the law and notice, grace which is the truth came or assisted by Jesus. And the word truth was explained in verse 18. It was explained further because it was qualified much further in verse 18. John 1 verse 18. John 1 verse 18. It says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten of the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath he declared him. So the truth in context is the truth about God. So when he says grace and truth came by Jesus, what is the truth? It is a truth about God that is the complete, total, and exact, perfect revelation of God is found only in Christ. He is the embodiment of the revelation of God. Jesus is the revelation of the embodiment of God. Jesus is the revelation or is the embodiment of the revelation of God. Jesus embodies the revelation of God. Jesus is the total, the exact, the perfect revelation of God. Without Jesus, you can't understand God. It says grace and truth came by, it says the law was given by Moses. So Moses gave the law, God didn't give the law. So that says grace, which is truth, came by Jesus. And what is the truth? He says no man has seen the Father, or seen God at any time, the only begotten of the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. In That is, the truth in this context is the truth about God. That is, the complete the total, the exact, the perfect revelation of God is found only in Christ. How do you help a Muslim? How do you help a Buddhist? How do you help people who are struggling with their faith? How do you help people struggling with, their, with the character of God? How do you help people thinking that God is this wicked? Ensure you point their attention to the person of Jesus. Jesus is the explanation of God. Don't forget, he is the Logos. He is the written word. The written word means he is the message, the total summation, the explanation of the person of God. So look at in First Timothy, look at in Colossians 2 verse 9. Colossians 2 verse 9. Colossians 2 verse 9. Say, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Look at 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. I love this place. 1 Timothy 3.16. 1 Timothy 3.16. It says, And without controversies, great is the mystery of godliness. 
God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, and received up to glory. God was manifest in the flesh. How was it manifest? It was manifest in the person of Jesus. He is the character of God. In Christ, we have God's character explained. God was manifest in the flesh. God became a man. Ginomai. God now chose to be a man. That is, he is now. So when we want to understand God well, we must make sure our minutes about Jesus, our interpretation about Jesus must be accurate. That is what can cure many problems. That is what can explain many things to people. That is what can cure a lot of situations. A lot of people have seen God as an angry God. A lot of people have seen God as everything. No. If only they can look at Jesus. Jesus is the explanation. It is in Jesus we find God's character explained. Jesus is man's so in Christ Jesus, man impression about God is corrected. If we see Jesus accurately, our wrong impressions that we've built over the years about who God was will be corrected. God did not change his character upon the incarnation and the resurrection of Jesus. God did not change his character. So he only came to make us understand who he was more. We cannot say the God of the whole testament is different from the God of the New Testament. No. Actually, it is only more clearer to us in the person of Jesus that, oh, this is who God really is. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. He cannot change. What ought to change is our impression about God. Our impression about God is the one that ought to change. Our impression about God is what ought to change is because we have heard so many rumors. We have heard so many things. We've heard so many things. And our impression about those things are to change. That is why you see in Matthew, Jesus corrected the Jews, the Jews about God in Matthew 5, verse 3 to 45. Don't forget we are still studying the leading of the spirit. But for us to understand the leading of the spirit, we let's understand what is the written word. How can we see? Because if our interpretation of the word is wrong, our worship of God will be wrong. Our incorrection, we have wrong impressions about God. We have wrong impression about the Father that lives in us. Look at John 5, Matthew 5, I mean. 43 to 45, look at Jesus correcting their impression, the Jewish people, their impression about God. Matthew 5, verse 43 to 45. Matthew 5, verse 43 to 45. It says, Ye have heard, as has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and thy enemy. But I say to you, so Jesus corrected their impression in the old covenant or before the Jewish always taught or the, the Jewish learned that they should love, that they, he says, as you have heard, that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate your enemies. So in the Jewish tradition, they believe that they are to hate their enemies. But Jesus told them and correct. They said, no. But I say to you, love your enemies, verse 44. It says, bless them that curse you. So you see, when people are praying wrong prayers of, ah, you will not allow your enemies to suffer. All your enemies will die. All of those things. No. You see, Jesus gave us the right interpretation of who God is.
So people that still say, Oh God, oh, kill your enemies. Your enemies have no things to offer you. He says, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. I thought when things, evil things, when people do me evil, I'm going to do them back evil. Or God is going to pay them back evil. No. He corrected their interpretation. He said, do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despisefully use you and persecute you. He said that they, that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. He says that you may be, so as a son of God, look at your character demonstrated. I pray for my enemies. I love my enemies. I bless them that curse me. I do good to them that hate me. I pray for them that despisefully use me. I pray for them that persecute me. Because that I may be the father, the children of my father. As I am a child of God now, upon the fact that I have believed the gospel, this is my character demonstrated. I don't rain evil causes over my enemies and say they must die by fire. I don't rain evil causes over my enemies and say who oh, anyone that has done me wrong the same do back to them or back to sender all of those things no it says that ye might be the the children of your father which is in heaven for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and send rain to the just and the unjust so this is god's character he blessed both the just he blessed both the unjust the evil and the on the good it does them thankfully see he also corrected their impression in luke 9 verse 51 to 55 luke 1 verse 51 to 55 he corrected their impression luke 9 51 to 55 it says and he came to them and he and, and look one nine verse fifty one to fifty four six look one nine fifty one to fifty six and it came to pass that in that time was come that he should be received thus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and send messengers before his face and went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him and when they received him because of his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James, John, saw this, they said, Lord, without command fire to go down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did, is that said, um, even as Elias did, and he turned and rebuked them and said, Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of, for the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's life, but to save them, and they went to another village jesus corrected their impression he made them understand that god does not destroy can't you rain down the disciples can't you rain down fire like elijah did and he rebuked them he made them understand the son of man has not come to destroy men's life but to save it that is god does not destroy people's life that's to make that's to correct an impression that listen guys if you think i've been the one from the old covenant or from the old uh, destroying people's life no that is not my will so jesus is the explanation of who god is see if we can teach the right interpretation of the scriptures well i'm jesus well a lot of people who struggles will not will not have problem 
That is why as a believer, as a disciple of Christ, you owe Jesus due diligence in presenting his truth well, in explaining him well. You need to defend God's character as though he is your father and he is your father. So when you are preaching the gospel, when you are explaining to men, you are explaining to men that my father does not destroy men's life, my father does not kill, my father does not do anything. He explain to them that God only saved. He only saved. It doesn't destroy people's lives. And says they went to another village. You see, Jesus corrected their impression about God. It is so you have to know and understand the character of God as you look to know and understand the character of God. I mean, is to look at the son, look at Jesus, look at him. He is the word of God. God. So when we say the word of God, the logos, the explanation, the thought pattern, the, the, the idea, Jesus is that explanation of God. Jesus is that human. Jesus is that embodiment, is the revelation. We want to understand who God is. Look at Jesus. Look at another place too. Look at another place. We corrected an impression. It says in Matthew 17, 1 to verse 1 to 4. Matthew 17, 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 1 to 4. It says, um, <clears throat> After six days, Jesus take Peter and James, John and his brother, and bring them into an high mountain apart, that it was transfigured from before them, and his face did shine upon on his face, his raiment white as light, and behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with him, and he answered Peter and said unto, unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to use this year, if thou will, lest thou make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. And while he speak, behold, a broad cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, this is my beloved son, in whom I aware, please, yea, in him. All impressions about the character of God usually perceived from the Old Testament books are corrected in him, in Christ Jesus. So that is why he said, No man has seen God at any time. Look at, let's go back to about John 1 18 now. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son. Which is in the bosom of the Father, he declared him. The phrase no man is from the Greek word Udesis, Udesis, O-U-D-I-S, Udesis, O-U-D-I-S. It implies no one, nobody, not even one. In other words, until Jesus, nobody has seen God at any time. Until Jesus came, no one has seen God at any time. So when we saw God, we saw him in Christ Jesus. So the phrase in the bosom of, that word bosom was used in Luke 16 verse 22 to 25, where they were explaining Abraham's bosom, Lazarus in his bosom. You see that you see that Lazarus was said to be in the bosom of Abraham. Yet the later was talking about the rich man. Even when the rich man mentioned Lazarus, it was that it was as though like it was just like explain, explain like see if, um 
Lazarus or Abraham was to do what he requested and everything. So when it says in the bosom of, it means that Abraham and Lazarus were together. If you read that Luke 16 verse 22 to 23, it is to seem as if Lazarus' bosom was somewhere, Abraham's bosom was somewhere. No, Abraham and Lazarus were actually together. It means to see someone through another. When we say in the bosom of, it means we are seeing somebody through another. It's just like say a mirror. I'm seeing through a mirror. If you watch Flash, sorry, I watch Flash a lot. There's something they call the mirror verse in Flash. So it's just like saying you see through a mirror or something, and you have the perfect picture of the of 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 um of the thing. So when it says Abraham and Lazarus were in the bosom, they were actually together. If you look, read that Luke 16, 22 to 25, well, they were together. So when it says no one has seen God at any time, which is in the bosom of the Father, it means the bosom means to see through an order. So that is Jesus, so that is no man, not even anyone, no man that is including Moses, John the Baptist, uh, including Moses, um, <clears throat> anyone, all the prophets, Isaiah, everyone, no one has seen the Father. So he, Jesus is the perfect revelation of the Father to us, is perfect revelation of the Father to us. The perfect revelation of the Father is in the Son. So how do we see God? We see Him through the Son. The Holy Begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, has declared to Him. That is, to know the Father, we listen to the Son. To know Jesus, we see. To know God, we see the Son. We see Jesus. Look at um, John 14. John 14, 16 to John 14, 6 to 10. But I was I will stay on verse 9. John 14, 6 to 10. But I will read verse 9, most especially. It says, Jesus said unto him, Have I been with thee so long? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip. He had seen me. He that has seen me has seen the Father. How say it then that shows the Father? So when we have seen Jesus. We have seen the Father. That's why I like that song. We see Jesus, risen and exalted. We see Jesus at the Father's right hand. When we see Jesus, we've seen the Father. Jesus, therefore, the Word of God is a person. And it's in the person of Christ Jesus. So to understand what John was saying as the Word, we have to closely understand that Jesus, the Word God, is a person so when we undo the written word so when we say we are being led by the written word or we say we are being or we are being led by the written word is to say we are being led by jesus we are being led by the person of jesus are you catching this now so when we say jesus is in the written word or the scriptures is revealed to us or jesus is the revelation of the father when we undo the written word we undo the person of jesus so when we undo the written word we are being led also by the person of jesus so we are still being led by the father so that is why we say the the written word is the primary way for every believer to understand the to, to understand the, the leading of the spirit. If the word doesn't say so, we must not. That's why I clarified with you 
the experiences of um the prophet how we we must not explain god in any any rubbish way we must not explain god in in a in a futile or in in a just in a shallow way we must explain god like someone who knows his character well so you understand why jesus was telling them in luke 24 verse 25 when he says oh fools slow of heart to believe how that the prophet has spoken ought not christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory he began he expounded unto them the things that were written concerning him the scriptures all the things that were concerning him. he said he explained to them the sufferings of christ the glory that will follow jesus explained to them he did the diamond he gave an explanation jesus explained across in all scriptures the things that were concerning himself the word expounded is from the greek word diamenu diamenu d-i-e-m-e-n-e-u-o diamenu it is used historically to interpret signs and symbols it is an opposite of having an opinion so when you come to a written word it is not i think my opinion of this is this i i refrain a lot from people who don't want to listen to the scriptures who don't want to i don't like having conversations like that is not holding and, and when you have when you're trying to have a doctrinal conversation with people and you see that they are not ready to stick with the written word honestly sometimes it's going to be a fruitless effort because the next thing they'll tell you is in my opinion in my own thinking what me i what me i think is this my own personal no Damenu. Jesus did expound it. The word expound is from the Greek word damenu. It is used historically to interpret signs and symbols. It is an opposite of having an opinion. So you cannot say, so it is like it's from it is a compound word. That word is like a compound word means two words. That is dia d-i-a d-i-a. It implies to thoroughly across outside implies thoroughly across all sides menu means to interpret to explain to translate to give a meaning so jesus did an explanation across all the scriptures concerning himself jesus explained everything concerning himself so you see the word of god is a person when we undo the word we are being led we are being led by the written word. We are being led by the written word. As believers, we are being led by the written word. We are being led. I explained to us, the word of God is a written, is, is, is a person. Jesus is the submission. Jesus is the explanation. Jesus is the revelation of the Father to us. In the revelation of Christ, don't forget, the believer is found. So, now, we are being led by the written word. We are being led by the written word. So, a believer has to have a full grasp of what the written word says. The character of Jesus. So, you don't go and compound and say, Oh, I think what happened to Moses? That he killed, that, that people died. I think that is why God, that is how God wants to lead me. No. The written word validates to us 
that we can be led of God's Spirit subjectively. That is, knowing the knowledge of the leading itself stems from the written word. So, it's just like this topic now, the leading of the Spirit. How are we going to explain it? We are going to explain it from this written word. So, our primary way of first knowing and learning the leading of the Spirit will be from the written word will be from the written word. So the written word has, is now our guide. It guides our recognition. It guides our obedience to follow the leading of the Spirit. So we, it is, so as a believer, it is fundamental for you to submit to the written word. The primary way God leads us and guides us it's to submit to the written word. We have God's word. God's wisdom is embedded in God's word. Is 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 in His written word. So when we read and understand, we walk in the light of the same. And this is God's guidance for every believer. I just did a little explanation on the written word. See, see, eh? the written word. When we are done with this written word, we will understand that. Everyone, if we read and understand the, the word well, we will walk in the light of the same. That is, God's guidance can be found in the written word. That is why I first did an explanation to explain to you the character, make you understand that the written word can explain God's character to us. The written word is God's character explained. The written word shows to us that God, that when we read the scriptures, when we as believers understand the scriptures, when we understand the word, we can walk in the light of the same. So, the epistles guide us. The epistles give us instructions. We'll get to that part. So, you see that Jesus is a person. And it's in the person of Christ Jesus. And we can be led by the written word. Listen to me. You know, God is not too difficult. God is not too difficult. God is not too difficult to understand. If only we can listen and understand him in his written word. God is not difficult to understand. You know, in your planning, give room for the Holy Ghost. You want to plan things. You might have even have a set date. Give some rooms for the Holy Ghost. Give some room and just say, let God lead me. Let's, yes, I know I'm planning. I want to get things right. I want things to be done accurately. You know, you can give some room for the Holy Ghost to still guide you. You can still give some rooms. God is not too difficult to be understood. Don't plan. Plan in your planning. Ensure you give room for God's leading. What does God have to say about this? If you have checked the written word, what does God have to say about this? What does God have to say about this thing is leading me to do? You know, you can give room for God to lead you. The leading of the Spirit. 
we have to understand the person of Christ to understand the written word. When we understand the written word, we will walk in the light of the same. And listen to me, every one of you. We have left the confusion, the path of confusion. Every one of us, we don't walk in that path of confusion anymore. We walk in so much clarity. So much clarity. God is not a father that does evil. God is not a father that wants to kill. God is not a father that wants to destroy. We walk in so much clarity on the written, based on the written word. We walk in so much clarity because we follow the leading of the Spirit. So listen to me, every one of you. Every one of us are being led. We are, we, we will be led. See, Holy obey God in every time. Obey God. Obey God. Those things that God has told you to do, ensure you obey. The proof of obedience in his disobedience himself. How round up with this thing I said yesterday that Kenneth Egan used to say. He said, if, if you are too slow, if don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be too fast to make decisions. See, see, you will never miss it by being too slow in making decisions. Honestly, you will never miss it. You will never miss it in being too slow in making decisions. God's character comes with his patience. Kenneth Egan used to say, it is good to be slower than God than to be faster than him. Because when you are slower, you can catch up. But you are faster. You can miss out and you could have made some costly mistakes that you, you might not know how to reverse again. So ensure you are slow. Follow the written word. Follow the written word. The written word is our guidance. You understand the person of Jesus. You understand the character. And you will see that God does not lead us outside the written word. God leads us in line with the written word. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost this evening. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost some more. Just lift your voices wherever you are. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray.